And here we are with our round table for the West Virginia Beer Roads. And it's actually a square table, maybe even a little <laughs> oblong. But uh, uh, it's Charles Bachway. I'm here with Rob Abston and Aaron McCoy today. So uh, you guys are, we're all kind of local people. Uh, I want to do a little introduction here with us. Uh, I know I grew up in the Charleston area, although I'm not from Charleston, but nearby in the suburbs. Rob, you too. Uh, Cross Lanes. Yeah. And Aaron, you grew up in St. Albans, right? Yeah, I did. Yes. I grew and up in St. Albans. we all still live in this area, but I guess none of us live in Charleston still, but we kind of base this podcast out of Charleston. Yeah, South Charleston, close enough. Yeah, that's true. We're yeah. both in South Charleston, so. See, I'm always happy. I can say, oh, no, I live in Mink Shoals, but then, you know, if, <laughs> if you don't know where Mink Shoals is, and it's not really a town, so. Uh, you oh, live well. off exit two. But guys, we had quite a decade in West Virginia beer uh, this past 10 years, and I thought we'd do a little kind of some highlights on that. What made you excited about craft beer in the past 10 years, Rob? This has been the most, um, probably was the most important decade in the history of brewing as far as I'm concerned, because at the start of 2010, you were looking at I don't know, 1,400 breweries or less in the country, something like that. The craft brewing didn't really exist outside of this country. There were, it didn't, I mean, it really just, it was still largely, there was still a big home brewing movement here. If you wanted a good beer, you often had to home brew it yourself. Distribution of, of a lot of brands was still limited to five, six, seven markets, big ones like that. Um, you saw the big players come in and, and, I say big craft players like let's say for example Stone Founders, um, Bell's. You could just go down the list of all those Green Flash, R.I.P. Um, some of those big West Coast and and uh, and Colorado beers, Michigan beers we've always wanted didn't just come into West Virginia. It took a while, but they're 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 now nationwide brands. Meanwhile, we went from however many breweries we had mm-hmm. in the state four to five. Five at, at, at the January uh, five 2010 to 25 30 whatever the official number is now uh, and then nationally it's just it's explo- you know the rise of the pastry stout the rise the invention of the New England IPA uh, mm-hmm. the hoppy lager the the rise of craft lagers all that stuff has happened in the last 10 years so it's been just unbelievable so what experience though would you say has really stood out to you from all the the others of just personally, personally, um, hoofarded going up there, up in Marengo for their various and yeah, sundry parties and releases about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been up there with you before. And I know a yes, lot of us, uh, West Virginians have made that trip. That's a, that's an amazing, amazing, uh, learning experience to me almost about what breweries can do in our area. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just a bunch of like five or six, you know, guys got together and decided they wanted to make some, some hoppy righteous beer and uh, for lack of a better term. And they used, you know, they're big fans of their kids of the eighties. So they're, they're big fans of movies like better off dead and, and Van Halen records and stuff like that. And they bring that whole sort of goofiness to their, their atmosphere, their, the entire process. I mean, the name hoof hearted, if you like say it properly, sounds like, who farted? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so that's what we're dealing Mid- with. Middle here. school humor. Yes, at, well, at, their cans at, are amazing. At best, oh yeah, their, their arts. Can art is wonderful. Yeah, and uh, that they managed to turn 
they really managed to turn the the can release into an event sort of thing. Now they've increased their production now, so they don't have to really do what they used to do. But they used to be limited to like you'd have to buy a ticket in order to just for the right to stand in line to buy beer. Mm-hmm. And we're talking things that would sell out in tickets would sell out online in under a minute regularly. Um, and they're not the only ones. You've got brewery releases now. That that is a regular thing all across the country. Where people are having ticketed events or Lot of you know releases you need to stand in line for for six eight hours before they go on to. So Aaron, how about you? Uh, over the last ten years, what are some of the brewing and beer experiences that stand out? Um, a couple trips in particular stand out. A few years ago, I was able to go to the Richmond Beer Trail and hit up a couple of the big names. Um, I got to go to the Answer, which was a really fun place. They've got some great beer. I was very excited to get to just see the atmosphere and how they handle themselves. And, and they really have a lot of, of events that they have when they have releases. They have a lot of great production, a lot of really good, strong beer that comes out of there. Um, a smaller one, Isley, got to um, visit Stone, which was a huge, huge, uh, rather new place at the time that I was there. Of course, we were very aware of Stone in this area. Triple Crossing was very impressive. Uh, their facility was just down to earth, family oriented. They had outdoor seating, of course, tons of beer, lots of can sales, which I thought was great. That's a pretty well-known name as far as I'm concerned. Um, one of the more uh, popular newer ones that everybody hears about is the Vale. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've got a lot of good beers coming out. They're very popular among, I think, the younger generation of craft people, craft beer lovers. Um, yeah, another one of those like Hoofhearted that's Makes a living on a lot of releases. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they don't. I, there's not distribution anywhere in this area from from any of those no, other than no. Stone. Yeah, that Stone, I'm aware that's of. That's national, right? Yep. Right. Um, my second experience was I was on a, a trip and in, in, in Connecticut area, and I got to go to a Trillium uh, tasting area, which was awesome. They make great beer. They also don't distribute. And I got to go to Treehouse and ham- um, sample some of their beers, which is sort of a powerhouse in the north. Yeah, there you're talking about those uh, New England breweries yes. that sort of helped establish a whole new beer style. Absolutely, the hazy IPA, yes. Yeah. And, and that, that just stood out for me as far as being able to experience that firsthand. Yeah, I'd have to throw in a couple of things farther away. I think my top two would be, one, just recently – last summer going out to Montana and South Dakota and Wyoming area and seeing all the little breweries in these little towns and cities and finding small cities smaller than Charleston and Huntington that would have easily five or six breweries each. And, uh, and they're all doing well. They're not famous breweries. They're not ones that sell everywhere around the state, but they just showed that the culture could support, you know, beer people can support a lot of small breweries and I you know and we'll get into that a little later uh, but why I think that's so significant but the other one would be a similar thing a little earlier in the decade I went out to uh, a couple of trips to uh, Germany and went into the Franconia area and that's the Bamberg main town there that's known for beer but uh, every little village that you go to in in Franconia has a, a brewery or two and again, small places, the culture, the idea, these little beer gardens and, and pubs that were just so much fun to see and the community supports them, but they don't distribute anywhere. You know, they're just their local brewery. 
And most of them don't. There's a few that do, bigger ones, but most of them are tiny. And they're kind of like what's in West Virginia, but there's just more of them, you know, mm-hmm. in all the little towns. And again, both of those experiences have really cemented in my head what I like about beer culture. And that's the local, you know, tap room, the local brewery that, uh, that people becomes a part of their community. And that's, uh, any things that those two places where I really saw that probably better than, than anywhere else. Rob, uh, let's move over a little bit now into kind of the state of affairs. Let's get it closer to West Virginia. We've kind of covered uh, all around West Virginia. Uh, and we got our strengths and weaknesses. Like we said, we've grown tremendously in the decade. And let's talk about the state of West Virginia beer right now. All right, we've got some good places. Um, just off the top of my head, the the you have Big Timber, which is making canning beer in distribution, has some really fine offerings right now. They're a couple years back, their porter placed in a national competition for canned beer back before canned beer really exploded. But they were one of the first to to you know can a porter, for example, and it's still a really good beer. They're Flagship IPA is fine. Um, Lager Lager is one of those craft lagers I mentioned earlier. It's uh, thoroughly drinkable. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've got Weather Ground. Um, they're doing some really nice things. Um, there's the things up in the Panhandles, uh, the Eastern Panhandle with uh, abolitionists and those guys. They're doing really concentrating on some wild stuff. And um, then you know we've got we finally <laughs> after. Uh, 20 some years into the the whole microbrewing craft revolution we finally got a brewery in charleston which was a a big deal mm-hmm. you know and one this that actually yeah, yeah so that opened in 2013 and originally charleston brewing company now um black sheep slash bad shepherd brewing and uh some good stuff's coming out of there now and you know we've got we're just a lot better than we were um not only we're making beer that's better than we've ever had made in the state it's more available and if you are looking for things that are not made in the state um, the distribution has opened up to a lot of those national brands or regional brands i was talking about earlier so there's just a lot more unbelievable amount of selection and labels available now particularly 10 years ago if you had told me we'd had this stuff available i would have probably just called you a liar and walked away from you yeah yeah you're right it's like many people we used well even seven, eight years ago, we were still looking so much out of state to find beers that were exciting. And now, you know, we're, we have a lot of West Virginia beers that are pretty daggone exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, for example, really like Cool Ridge Lager, which is, you know, weather, weather ground. Yeah. Fizzy yellow beer with some flavor. Um, Mostly locally sourced materials. I think they get most of their malt for that from a place in North Carolina, for example. Um, it's it's good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm we've made great strides. It's it's we're not a, a you know we're not a wasteland like I used to refer to West Virginia as. It's we're not great. But we're not a wasteland anymore. Weather ground is. I agree. They're doing some really great things. And Charles, you and I were there for their well, and you as well, Rob, for their second uh, anniversary. And mm-hmm. I like that they are yeah. really trying to get the distribution out quickly. You know, we're seeing their beer here, where before, you know, when they first started, obviously it wasn't um, being packaged and distributed. But they're absolutely reaching out, and they're 
changing up their beer styles, which I, I like a lot. They have a lot of different varieties that are becoming sort of their staple beers. And I look to see really big things from them in the future. Um, for as short a time as they've been around, they've made some really big strides, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Um, Sam and Aaron, obviously managing that, I think they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And I agree with, as you said, um, lots of West Virginia beer coming out, short story, um, we had recently talked with Aaron Root, and they're doing some big things and expanding into Maryland with their new taste or tap room. Uh, Stumptown is doing some good things uh, in Morgantown. They have you know new owners at Morgantown Brewing Company, and I've been there a couple times, and I think they're they're doing some good things with their new uh, recipes. Uh, Chestnut uh, Brew Works is good; always have been. I'd like to get to Morgantown, honestly, more often to be able to hit up those areas, which I'll be able to do in the the future. But I agree. The distribution uh, itself is wonderful. I mean, there for a while we couldn't even get Bells, which was originally in the state and then Mm -hmm. disappeared from the state. And I was thrilled to have them come back. And thankfully, we get a lot of their their different beers and a lot of others. And one, one thing that I find concerning is, as Rob said, you know, we do finally have a brewery in Charleston, which is wonderful and, of course, one of my favorite places. But our distribution is blowing up more than our actual breweries. You know, we need more than one brewery in Charleston. Obviously, the distribution is great. Um, there's lots of growler stations that you find at, at the pharmacies, which to me is sort of an odd combo, <laughs> but that's West Virginia for you. And, you know, at least we're able to fill our growlers and get the distribution at those places. Yeah. But we certainly we need some more breweries in in the Charleston area. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll probably talk a little bit more of that. Or I'd love to talk a little bit more of that in a minute. But uh, you know, you think about where we started last the decade, and uh, and I c- wrote about this a little in in when I did the top of fifth or dozen beers that defined the decade, and first one was uh, cold trail ale but back you know when this decade began you got to remember that beer and the other beers from mountain state brewing they were the ones that were out in distribution we didn't have distributing breweries much i mean there was a little bit of morgantown beer occasionally here but basically it was mountain state brewing that defined the first half of the decade before you know we had enough other breweries that were distributing anything and then I think <laughs> the strength, the strength now though is in these breweries like Stumptown, Weathered Ground, Short Story, others that are self-distributing. Because it seems to me the ones who are self-distributing are much more aggressive about getting their beer into accounts uh, in general than are the ones that are going through distributors. Uh, you know, like Parkersburg, like uh, uh, Greenbrier Valley. Even it just seems like that these little tiny ones that self-distribute are getting better distribution into our bars and places where we can try them than, than some of the others, which is, it's a, it's, it's a cool development. Well, certainly for those of us that haven't been able to get to some of those breweries that are in the state yet, it is a good development and it's a good choice. And, and that's a lot of the tap takers that happen in the bars and local areas. You know, we have a lot of people show up for, so we can try those different beers. Yes, I think our self-distribution law in the state, you know, not every state allows that, and most no. do. But it's been a great thing for this state, to, and a great thing for the small breweries getting started. You're welcome, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, I know you worked on that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah I, I worked on that one, and I worked on the 
Growler slash Craft Beer Bill in 2015, yeah. and then a little bit with just, you know, a little bit with one local senator called and asked me a couple of questions about raising the to 15% this last session, and I let him know what was going on with that. So in a little tiny way, I'm responsible for that too. Yeah. A little I, tiny way. I think uh, what we're starting to see, and I, I'm hesitant to say we're at the real level to, to make this dominate, but I think we're starting to see with enough small breweries doing good stuff and fun stuff that the competition among them is starting to really pick up. Mm-hmm. That they they have to be judged against each other now, and, and, and the beer community is picking their favorites now, not from just one or two, but from a dozen or more that are doing really good stuff. Right. Just seems like to me that's a positive a strength of our a growing strength in our beer market for West Virginia brewers. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But you know, it, we're also seeing them do, and I kind of like to get your guys' opinions on the new styles. You know, craft beer fans are fickle and they always looking for something different and new and uh, new styles like hazy IPAs, cat, kettle sours and uh, pastry stouts. Pastry stouts. Yeah, we're starting to right see, now. <laughs> we're seeing West Virginia brewers, you know, make some waves in those. So it's a, give me what's your thoughts on those? All right. Well, um as far as the IPAs go, the the New England style, everybody's tried one. I've had everybody's tried to make one it seems like. I've had a couple that have been really good. I've had a couple that have been okay and I've had a couple that didn't work. Uh, across the board I'll, I'll pull a couple that i really particularly enjoyed whatever they called it, i have no idea what they called it but the peddler probably the best beer i've ever had from them was a hazy ipa they did last spring that t- that could have hung with pretty much anything from any of the hazies you can get from the east coast that i could think it wouldn't beat them but it could hang with them it was like this is this is this belongs in the same class as mm-hmm. as a hoof or a trillium or a veil it's not going to beat them but it was in the same class i was really impressed with weathered grounds stop and smell the citrus i thought that was a very good juicy ipa definitely a standout for me um and then of course haggard and Mm -hmm. then uh even more or more haggard than haggard was their double ipa all of those i thought were also up as you said with the level with the big brewers and i I hope they continue to stick with that as one of their flagship yeah it seems like uh Weatherground certainly trying a lot of different IPAs. They, they make a bunch, and they modify the hopping on each one to kind of give it a distinction. To some extent, the malts, too, but right, hops. Um, I've been happy with – there have been several fizzy yellows that have come out in the last couple of years yeah, that I've been impressed with. Cooler, cool Ridge, which is their flagship lager, lager. Mm-hmm. at, at – at weather ground cooler than cool ridge which was available for the second anniversary party mm-hmm. which was an even lighter version of that and it was a pounder those things came out like four percent and you could just that was a session beer um short story as mentioned earlier they have done a couple that have showed up at festivals down here that have been really nice easy drinking very well made i'll second that i think they've done an excellent job on lager making and uh you know we haven't mentioned them yet but bridge brew works um probably the you know, th- those guys down in, in Fayetteville have been doing really good work all decade long. And uh, their yellow beers still work really, you know, the, the, their 
I don't know if you call it flagship or not. Long Point. Lager. Long Point. Long. That's the one that really established West Virginia brewers in lagers. I mean, because Long Point Lager. They're the one that uh, kind of developed that lager market here, and at a time when everybody was just making ales. Dortmunder style, yellow, amber, yellow beer, uh, is still one of the better lagers available out there. When we were at uh, Books and Brews and. Um, short story was there they had the advanced methods in stargazing the pale l oh yeah that was delicious that was a galaxy forward galaxy hop forward uh pale ale which absolutely i I was impressed by that i have not gotten to have a ton of their beer but um mainly ipas of course Mm -hmm. but that was the pale l that i was highly impressed with and hope to get to see in this area in cans yeah you know uh another Hoppy Pale Ale, and I think the one that really developed that market was the Halleck Pale Ale yes. in Morgantown. Absolutely, the Chestnut. Yeah, I mean they came out with that when he had like a one-barrel brew house in his garage, uh, mm-hmm. just getting started. But I mean that beer took over Morgantown, and I think that made a huge difference up there in developing. And now, I think what I call uh, things like adventures in the stargazing mm-hmm. or more a growth out of that, you know, northern West Virginia, northern, north central West Virginia market that Halleck really set the standard for a number of years back. Absolutely. Sure did. Uh, Stumptown's been making great IPAs since they opened up. Yeah. Um, And in theory, there's going to be a tap room down here featuring them prominently. In theory, we'll see how that works. Looking forward to that. I hope hope it happens. That's very soon. You know, I think that's a good point. You know, uh, mentioning... Uh, Stumptown, I think Stumptown, and you know, we talked about Weather Ground and Short Story. How these brewers that they've just jumped right out of the gate making incredible beers that have really, you know, kind of been a cut above some of the other breweries that that came before them, and uh, or at least in 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 the buzz they create. I'm not going to say they're better beers in their styles because sometimes they were just new style beers. That's something that I think is impressive to me. And we, we had one this year that I named the best new brewery in the state, High Ground Brewing, out of, uh, of uh, Terra Alta in Preston County, way up there again, north central West Virginia. You know, again, they came right out of the gate making good beer. It's like, it seems like we've just, the brewery standards of people that jump in, not all of them, but we've gotten a bunch of, bunch of them that are coming out really strong when they're brand new. That's, I agree with that. I mean, we're even, I noticed recently, I think it was uh, Stumptown came out with sort of a slushy style uh, beer, which I know is a controversial beer to some extent in the beer community, whether it's really beer or not, but because it's, sometimes they're mostly fruit juice. That's fine. I love those. <laughs> those are great. You make a sour IPA, you throw a bunch of milk sugar in it, a whole bunch of fruit in it. I don't, I don't care if it's 2.8% or 10%. Well, Aaron mentioned the answer. They're the ones that sort of in our region kind of known for starting that. Yes. But I think more broadly, we're seeing kettle sours out of quite a few breweries, and they seem to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, Big Timbers yeah. uh, got into it big time this year. Um, of course, Parkersburg came out with theirs, uh, their Berliner Weiss uh, several years ago, and they've done a new version of it, too, and with a raspberry one. Those have been fine. They're, mm-hmm. you know, very light and low alcohol. Uh but, yeah, a number of the breweries, including the short story now, I know is making some. Good. I love those. I do, too. At Sours, that's a, you know, it's an acquired taste somewhat, I believe, among craft beer drinkers. And I certainly have gotten into them the last few years. And I, I mean, I enjoy them. Yeah, another 
plug for uh, Bridge Brew Works. Uh, their Ipetus Goza was oh. really the first one to come out that really was in distribution at all uh, in West Virginia. And they kind of set a, a standard with that beer, did a very good job with yeah. it. Locally sourced salt. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron, thinking about beer personalities in West Virginia, who's somebody that you really enjoy? Um, Ron Cole, Jr., he, he, he's a great guy. He's uh, obviously owner of TNM Meats. He is responsible for bringing a lot of the West Virginia beer to us that don't get to some of those areas in the state. Uh, he's, he's just an overall funny guy, uh, great to talk to. He certainly knows has his beer knowledge. Um, he's a lot of fun to be around, and you can have a beer and just talk about whatever with him. I find him interesting, and as I said, he's got, is it 36 taps? I want to say, I don't know uh, if I'm right in that number, but certainly, more than 24. certainly a lot. And he supports the state and I am very impressed with that. He's also got good food there. Um, of course, uh, Ross Williams at Bad Shepherd uh, is a friend of mine. I, I think he does a good job and he is very down to earth and loves to show his brew process and his equipment and how, mm-hmm. how he does things. And I think that that is good for people like me that want to see, you know, how, what process are you going through for what particular beer? And he likes to talk about um, his materials and where he gets his hops and uh, just an interesting person to talk to. Yeah. Uh, Ross Williams is the head brewer at Bad Shepherd in Charleston. Yes. Uh, Those two stick out in my mind. How about you, Rob? (laughs) Can can you you keep it down to two? (laughs) I think local beer journalist, Charles Bachway has been doing a fantastic job. (laughs) I have to edit that out. Of the show here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, Ron was the first guy that came to mind with me, but um, we've got several brewery rep people who are working, just repping breweries that are doing, and they're repping out of state breweries or one guy's repping an in-state brewery now. Um, but you've, you've got, you know, the country board rep, Josh Holland, for example, Yeah. Uh, shows up at all kinds of events, brings the swag, brings the party with him, gets people excited about it. And country boy does a, you know, pretty good beer a bunch of pretty good beers uh i'm thinking of him uh, i'm thinking of uh, ron over at uh, new belgium and yeah ron stinger ron stinger and he's the exact same way and he's one of those guys that if he just happens to be walking by a bar and just happens to be out like or something like that and sees you in a bar he'll come in and say hi to you and everything like that and probably buy you one i'll put it on the company credit card yeah he's the kind of an ideal <laughs> brewery rep <and> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he, he does, and he's always got bottles and, and stuff of, of stuff to, to, you know, here, try this sample. Here's, you know, some unlabeled things. Give us, we're thinking about putting this out in the market. What do you think? Uh, those two right there. And then uh, and another another Josh, Josh Nybert, working for Greenbrier Valley right now, one of the beer personalities out there that's just, uh, he's another one of those. He knows the product inside and out, and he is more, he wants to make sure that everybody in the state knows, and not just this state, but in Virginia, Western Virginia knows that Greenbrier Valley is making good beer. It's available. And, uh, he's just a great ambassador for the brand and for the state. So. Yeah. I think that was a good hire for Greenbrier Valley. Yeah. Who's made a couple of good hires in the last year. I mean, they brought back Brian Rye Miller, the head brewer, and that made a big difference to, to their beer product overall. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those those are ones right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner, I can never remember her name, the owner of Apothecary. Uh, Grace Hutchins. Grace Hutchins. Yeah, she brought, I mean, qual- real, true, quality, 
one of the best tap lineups you're going to find in this little bar that had this little space that had failed probably 15 times in the last 30 <laughs> years. Um, this is man- in Morgantown. In Morgantown, managed yeah, to do right. that. And then, uh, and then you've got Jeff down in, in Huntington. Who's, oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Summit Beer Station, he, the stuff he's responsible for. Yeah. Jeff McKay does uh, a better job at, at craft beer than anyone. I mean, he's not just a, a, an American craft beer guy like a lot of the bars. He he really knows the internationals. He, he does. He strives to get those Belgians. Yeah, I love Germany. that he's always got Belgians on tap. Yeah. Yep. He certainly and has an array of that constantly and consistently. We just need a place like that in Charleston, you know. The, we do. We, we we that's that brings me to the next uh, segment here. It's kind of our New Year's wishes. Um, let's talk about things that we would love to see in this start out in this next year. Some things that could happen. Well, I mean, the obvious thing I've already mentioned that I, I want another brewery in right in Charleston. And, you know, just give us some more variety. I mean, as I said earlier, the distribution itself has stepped up. We're certainly able to get a lot more beer on tap at different bars, um, but not necessarily a brewery. And I think that we need that. 100%. We need another brewery in Charleston. We need two breweries in Charleston. We need one in Charleston. We need one somewhere in the greater Charleston area like, oh, I don't know. St. Albans Cross Lanes, Nitro, yes. mm-hmm. South Charleston, something like that. And right. then we need another brewery in Huntington. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go down all the different cities in West Virginia or towns that have two breweries, such as Parkersburg, Morgantown, uh, the whole Davis Thomas Metroplex, which has I don't know how many if you, you want yeah. to count them all. Wheeling. Wheeling has two. Fairmont, um, or Marion County. Marion County's got two. Jefferson County. Fayetteville. Fayetteville's got two. Fayetteville yep. has two. Uh, and then you yeah. get uh, Beckley, Greater Beckley area's mm-hmm. got two. Yes, mm-hmm. Raleigh and County. Then you get to Kanawha County, the largest county in the state by a factor of like by three times larger than the next the next largest county has one. Right. It's one. it is amazing, man. You know, I mean, people that know me know that I've harp on that all the time. I write about the comparisons as to how beer uh, rare we are here, brewery rare, and. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take. There are two in Preston County. I think that says everything <laughs> you need to know right there. That's true. There are two in Preston County, and there's one in our fair city of Charleston. Well, you know, one other thing beyond, and I, we mentioned a little, we certainly mentioned the breweries in Charleston and, in, uh, and a good craft beer bar in Charleston, the need for that, something like a Summit uh, Beer Station does in Huntington. Uh, I'd add that I'd love to see some more than one really beer breakthrough that becomes really hot and gets a big national reputation coming out of one of our, our West Virginia breweries to kind of put us on the map. Oh, I just yeah. don't think that's happened yet. No, we do have a technically one world-class beer being brewed in the state, according to the world beer cup people and cell block three Oh four, which is a brown ale mm-hmm. and it's good it's, it's, as, as a brown ale. It is yeah. really good. Just so glad when that happened in 2018 World Beer Cup that, uh, you know, Cell Block 304 became the first West Virginia beer to garner a, you know, a prestigious or a medal at a prestigious uh, beer competition. That was a good move. I don't know what we need, but I just what I want to see some people line up at a brewery in for West Virginia and come in for, yeah, a beer release. Yeah, that, that, we got to have that somewhere. <clears throat> Somebody's going to have to tie up, you know, 100 thousand dollars worth of capital into a big uh 
line of imperial pastry stouts or something like that <laughs> you know have have a bunch of barrels sitting off the side for a year and then mix them with uh, some coconut and strawberry and <laughs> chocolate and whatever else well jeff mckay's trying to get those uh, kinds of you know he and he does his anniversary beers now he's really trying to push the envelope in places and i know he's worked on those pastry stouts with some of the brewers uh, and the one he had this year i think mm-hmm. with the lunar wasn't it the mm. the one from uh, big timber that had all the adjuncts in it yeah yeah i think that was it it was good i mean I, yeah. all of the anniversary beers were good yeah. that he had yeah yeah but see that's what a good beer retailer can do for you you know not only uh, serve good beer but work with the breweries and the distributors to get good beer you know, I mean, it pushes the envelope, and that's what Jeff does that I don't know of anyone else that does that. We, we'd love to have somebody here in Charleston doing that. Or, we just need – I'd love to see some of that here because I think we suffer a little bit in beer image. We're just kind of a, a black hole. People mm-hmm. don't realize that West Virginia makes good beer because we haven't gotten that publicity that's broken out of the state boundaries. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've had some beers that could hang with a lot of that stuff. They just don't have – we haven't hit the critical mass where somebody is going to drive from Cleveland to stand in line to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this kind of brings us to the end of today's roundtable, And next time I think we'll get together and talk a little more about uh, some things like legislation and uh, things mm-hmm. that, that could be used in West Virginia to, to enhance our craft beverage market, not just for breweries, but also for distilleries and cideries and wineries. I want to hit that on our next the next time we get together in a couple of weeks. So, guys, thanks for uh, working with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to West Virginia Beer Roads Roundtable. For my podcast partner, Aaron McCoy, this is Charles Bachway saying we'll see you later. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com. Remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.